have you ever wondered what would our lives be without a science lab around yes i know it wouldn't be a topic worth wondering for many of us but in those many tiny laboratory experiments the world as we know is slowly changing those invisible molecules are pushing the boundaries of human imagination now before you think this is all coming out of the latest science fiction movie let me welcome you all to the first ever episode of the researcher's story where a human in a lab coat is a reality and not fiction the researcher's story is an exploration into the science labs of india a conversation with some of our best minds where a scientist will finally get to be the hero of the show like they all say not all heroes wear capes some wear lab coats too president bill clinton while announcing the completion of the first survey of the human genome in june 2000 said today we are learning the language in which god created life with this profound new knowledge humankind is on the verge of gaining immense new power to heal 20 years later genomic research has grown by leaps and bounds and has been impacting human life in multiple areas today we have with us a researcher turned on to who has been at the forefront of genomic research in india and impacting human life in ways unforeseen let's welcome dr amol rao director gene uh, genome biotechnologies and ceo at gene support to our show welcome dr amol hi so much thank you very much it's a pleasure for me to be here on this show and thanks for inviting me it's a pleasure having you on our show as well uh, doctor uh yes it's been it's been more than 9 uh, years since i first met you right uh, i remember it's microbiology <laughs> class when you really opened the world of the invisible microbes to us uh, and i must say with no offense at all that uh, those are one of the few classes which we didn't want to end uh, yeah and here we are 9 years later uh, you know uh, things have changed a lot uh, over these 9 years Uh, i see that uh, you know you have over the years explored multiple interest areas from fermentation and microbiology to molecular di- diagnostics and today you are among the very few people in india who are actively pursuing the field of nutrigenomics through gene support so uh, you know what has been your source of motivation uh, what led you to the path of entrepreneurship in a relatively unexplored field of nutrigenomics Okay, so let's. So first of all, uh, as I mentioned, it's definitely a pleasure for me to be here on your show. Uh, I also do remember our interaction nine years back when, of course, we had uh, a different uh, platform of uh, interaction. Uh, me being on the side of a teacher, and you, of course, were an aspiring student and an aspiring biotechnologist. Uh, first of all, wonderful show, wonderful concept that you have come up with, and I'm sure. uh first of all i should congratulate you on this and i'm going to wish you good luck for all the future interactions that you have with various experts in this field uh, i'm sure students as well as professionals in the field of life sciences biotechnology and also those who do not come from this field they will certainly benefit from this show and the information and knowledge that they'll be able to get from this show so thanks for inviting me and uh it is nice connecting with you again and coming back now to the question that you had mentioned that yes you uh, very happily said that uh, it's it's been now almost 19 years surat since i have completed my post graduation 
then uh, doctoral work and then followed by uh, certain experience in the field of industry academics uh, and uh, finally entrepreneurship so yes it has been a journey with different uh, turns and twists and i would say that like it happens in the field of any professional uh, for me there was a learning phase and then there was a phase where uh, the learning has to be put into application and it has to be put in the form where it will help and benefit people so i think i'll certainly say that the initial 10 years or after this 19 years has been a thorough learning phase for me not that i don't learn today today also i definitely would want to say that i'm a student of life sciences and health sciences and biotechnology uh, but yes the initial 10 years were very crucial where <clears throat> i could study learn apply principles of microbiology fermentation technology in various organization be it a simple lab fermentation process or maybe be it asia's first cane juice to ethanol plant so the magnitude was different but yes the learning was definitely interesting it is back i entered this field of human genomics when i entered the, the organization genome biotechnologies as the lab head and subsequently i went on to become one of the director uh, board members of the organization it was a lovely journey for last 7 years where uh, i could understand and uh, also try and apply human genomics in a different aspect and that is nutrigenomics so in the last 7 years in genome biotechnology we have been definitely this organization which is a government of india recognized nabl recognized organization which has been in the field of genomic research for last 15 years the organization was already into molecular diagnostics and genomic research services but when i joined the organization uh while the organization had its own core strengths the promoters also wanted to add a couple of more things to the organization where genomics which was studied and researched by the organization for last several years they wanted to understand and explore if the science of genomics could be actually applied in day to day life of a common man that's where we decided that we should come up with the segment of consumer genomics that is genomics and uh, understanding of genomics that can be taken up by each and every individual or a common man this is how new to genomics came okay. uh, came in so definitely a very interesting journey uh, quite a dynamic journey since uh, last 19 years from fermentation microbiology and now finally to launching india's first platform on new to genomics it has been quite a twist and turn and very exciting journey definitely yeah. uh, the promol and now that you mention uh, nutrigenomics uh, mm. uh, i've always thought of uh, nutrition and health to be you know two sides of the same coin uh, one can't go without the other right yeah. and we've all yeah. read about the importance of balanced diet in our in our uh, childhood as well but mm. nutrigenomics goes a step further right i mean uh, it talks yeah. about personalized nutrition Uh, yes. so could you help us understand the field in simple words and what does your organization provide as a service or as a product okay so uh, this is relatively a new field in the country um, and when i say new it's uh, as per my experience it's 7 years old okay uh, because we were the first to bring systematic nutrigenomic applications in the country and that's how i certainly can say that there were certain challenges that we had faced so I'll, i'll quickly let you know what does this mean even so even the audience of this program would understand what the science is um see as we all know that uh, lifestyle diseases is a major challenge worldwide now when i say lifestyle diseases it includes diseases such as 
diabetes, obesity, uh, cardiac diseases, vascular diseases, PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, uh, simple things yet uh, very com uh, you know, prevalent conditions such as gastric distress. So these are called lifestyle diseases which uh, a person definitely carries a genetic predisposition from his or her parents. But these diseases, whether they will be triggered in an individual or not, is also decided by that person's lifestyle. So whether a person will suffer from type 2 diabetes or not is not just decided by his genetic makeup, by his uh, uh, you know, uh, family history, but it's also decided by what kind of lifestyle the person has. So it's eventually going to be a combination of, uh, we can say that so-called bad genetics or bad lifestyle. Okay, Either or is going to trigger, in some cases both. Right. Now, Nutrigenomics is a science that actually helps us understand two very important things. One is, with the help of genetic analysis technology today, now we can understand a detailed genetic makeup of an individual and help that individual in two ways. One is, predict whether a person will have a tendency or a risk to such lifestyle diseases. And second, if the person is already suffering from such lifestyle diseases, how to further manage it which means that by understanding the genetic makeup of an individual, we can predict whether if a person is not suffering from cardiovascular diseases, maybe hypertension or type 2 diabetes, whether there is any possibility that the person will have a metabolic imbalance and he'll start marching to that. And if an individual is already suffering from it, but he's not able to control it, manage it, maybe he's a stubborn or a resistant case of that disease, in spite of so much of clinical management, uh, this Technology also helps us in that individual in understanding how to manage it further. Now, how does this happen? It happens in a very simple way. By understanding the genetic makeup, we are able to find out those critical things in the lifestyle, that is the diet, exercise, and lifestyle part, which, if done as per that person's genetic makeup, may definitely help in one step in management. So, let me give you an example. Suraj, I'm sure you would be, uh, you would appreciate that exercise is very important when it comes to weight management, right? Weight yes. loss, right? Yeah. But have you ever thought that which time of the day one should exercise, whether it should be early morning or evening or mid-morning or, or there could be a thought that any time of the day is good for exercise, right? Right? Yes. So people decide the time of exercise based on, you know, their convenience. But you'd be surprised to know that actually the time of exercise that one should do and one should uh, pursue is also governed by one's genetic makeup. Yes. So there is something called a circadian rhythm in our body, the biological clock. It's very interestingly governed by one of the genes called as clock gene, circadian rhythm locomotor kaput gene. Okay. okay, so that's, that's the short form clock gene. So this clock gene in an individual decides whether a person will show better response to exercise in morning or evening. So if a person, let's say, is struggling to lose weight and is not able to do so, maybe what's going wrong is he's doing exercise, he's following the diet, but the exercise time that he's following maybe is not as per his clock gene. He should have been exercising in the evening, whereas he has been exercising in the morning based on the conventional norm. So if the person knows his genetic makeup and there are right type of advisors, they'll be able to do his genetic analysis and tell him that what is the right time of exercise, not just that, but what is what should be the right type of exercise. I mean, high intensity, low intensity, which food will be helping him uh, in a better way to lose weight. So likewise, there are hundreds of genes in our body and they can help an individual understand those things which are otherwise very difficult to find out. 
and this information becomes pretty useful at the hands of doctors and lifestyle disease experts. So nutrigenomics, to summarize, is a technology or a science where you understand the genetic makeup of an individual and based on that you can fine-tune the person's nutrition, diet, exercise, lifestyle, give him advice such that if he is not suffering from a disease, it will help in preventive management and if the person is already suffering from it, then it will help in active management. So this is the science uh, which is nutrigenomics and we, we started working on this in the country a couple of years back. I'm happy to mention that uh, we have done thousands of cases, more than 17,000 cases in the country in the last several years and very good experience in terms of understanding how genetic makeup can influence disease management and disease prevention. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so how has the response been from people uh, in general to this new technology? Uh, very exciting, though a lot of awareness is needed. Um, so people do not know about this and any science when it's new, uh, there's a lot of awareness that is to be brought in, uh, not just from the people who are going to take it to <clears throat> the patients or, uh, you know, uh, a common man directly, but also from the stakeholders in the health industry like doctors and dietitians. And we've been working very closely with doctors and dietitians um, in the last several years so that even they are aware that such science and such tool or such technology is available so that they could use it. Suraj, we have actively trained dietitians and doctors in the field of nutrigenomics because there was no formal training available in India. Right. So I think till date we have done training for more than 1,500 doctors, dietitians in the country who are now nutrigenomic counselors because they, they are now able to understand the science, use the science and further uh, you know, ex explore its utility in their patients for active disease management. So the response is pretty good though uh, though a lot of awareness is still needed in people and it is organizations like us uh, who have that responsibility to reach out to people and explain them that yes, this option is also available and should their doctor or dietitian suggest, they should go, uh, go ahead with this kind of option. Absolutely. Uh, do you see like, any other challenges uh, as far as, you know, companies or businesses coming into this field? Uh, cost constraints would definitely be one of them, right? Yes, cost constraint is definitely a factor. Um, so one, these tests, the genomic analysis test, as I'm sure you must be aware, is not like the routine blood test. Right. So that's why there are going, there's definitely going to be, you know, a cost constraint because these are done using different platforms, different systems. So the cost is uh, definitely a concern. You cannot compare it with a routine blood test or a hemogram, which which is generally done at 150 to 100 rupees. These are the genetic tests, which may cost anything between 3,000 rupees up to 15,000 rupees. That's one constraint. And hence, we have seen that people who are uh, stubborn cases or resistant cases of disease, they are quickly motivated to go for it. Others who are not, they might still want to take a chance and do, do uh, you know, the management on their own and so on. So as the volumes go on increasing, I'm sure organizations or companies would be able to bring down the price, making it more and more affordable to a common man. That's one. The other challenge, as I mentioned, is uh, training to the doctors and dietitians. That uh, the right way of understanding the report and right way of interpreting it. Doctors and dietitians are all, already a very highly trained and educated uh, fraternity. But this field is also new to them. So it is also responsibility of companies and organizations like us to explain them all or provide them all this 
information and armor so that they could practice it. So these are the challenge uh, challenges to the change. Right. Uh, nutrigenomics is definitely a very interesting and intriguing uh, area, and I'm sure that you know in the years to come, uh, it will definitely develop into something which we all can look forward to. Uh, apart from this, I know that uh, you're also driving the operations for genome biotechnologies, and uh, which has a major focus on genomic research and molecular diagnostics. Uh, can you help us understand uh, the work done by the uh, organization and what are the challenges for molecular diagnostics in India? Okay, so yes, nutrigenomics uh, under the brand name of Gene Support is one offshoot of Gene Support, and that's the youngest baby, I would say, uh, seven year old. But otherwise, Genome Bio has been into genomic act uh, research activities since last 14 years. Um, and here, uh, the organization started with a focus of uh, providing research services 15, 14 years back to the academia as well as to the R&D, uh, the corporate R&D, pharmabiotic R&Ds, at the time when genomic research services were not that common. So Genomebio was, uh, I would say, first among the first three organizations in the country which started offering these kind of services. And that way, I'm glad to mention that since we were the amongst the those who started this early, we were fortunate to have connected with and have worked with almost all research institutes in the country by today, almost all major uh, universities and their departments and scientists. So that has been a pretty exciting journey where we have been able to do interesting genomic research in collaboration not just on commercial basis, but also on academic basis, where there are some collaborative research activities that were taken up. And that division continues to work till, even till today. So that's one important thing. Um, today also we continue to take up research activities in collaboration with research institutes and even funding organizations. Like um, uh, Genome Bio also has to its credit one of the very interesting research projects, and that is sponsored by Ministry of Ayush, Government of India. Uh, I am one of the investigators on the research project. And Suresh, that research project is world's first kind, I would say, where we are trying to understand how yoga uh, actually has an effect on gene expression in humans. So it's believed that yoga can actually turn certain genes on and off. And we are trying to understand how it um, happens in humans, uh, especially in individuals who are pre-diabetic. So the theory is that the hypothesis is that if a person practices the right type of yoga and if the person is pre-diabetic, his, uh, his chances of marching from pre-diabetic to diabetic can be uh, avoided or can be avoided. Now, how does that happen at genetic level is something that we are studying. One year of this study has already happened. We have entered the second stage and we have collaborated with a well-known renowned institute called Skywaladam Research Institute from Lodala, which has been a 50-year-old research institute in this field. So this is how research projects keep on happening. Uh, the second division is molecular diagnostic, where we've been offering DNA and RNA-based tests to doctors and medical fraternities so that they could identify these diseases quickly. They could have a much more confirmed diagnosis. Uh, and I'm happy to mention that we were also amongst those few organizations which started molecular diagnostics in the country early when it was not very popular. Um, that division also has been doing wonderful work. We have developed some of the tests on the front of infectious diseases like HIV, hepatitis, 
which we were the first to develop. For example, HIV tropism, whether a drug will work in, uh, in HIV patients or not, can be found out now based on a genetic test, and we had developed that for Indian patients. So these are the few interesting activities that have been happening in the field of molecular diagnostics and research services. Molecular diagnostics, the challenge lastly to mention is going to be again the cost and the reach. Um, even today, not uh, many doctors are aware that the molecular diagnostic tests can also be made available at much reasonable cost as compared to the other this thing. So a, a good outreach program is also needed so that doctors can start utilizing such molecular diagnostic tests for the benefit of the patients. Definitely, doctor. And it's understood that uh, these things are not easy to come by, right? Uh, it takes yes. years and years of uh, research work for a beautiful product mm -hmm. to come out. So can I ask you, how does a day in the life of a researcher look like? How do you cope with the challenges and failures, sometimes self-doubts and eventually the success? Okay, that's a very interesting question. Though I will say that uh, I, I won't call myself as only as a researcher now because I think um, I'm I'm at the interface where research is being applied uh, right. in the field. So I, I will definitely consider myself as uh, as an individual who connects what's the requirement uh, in the field, whether it is medical field or research field, and translate that requirement into products to the technology team who will be able to, who are experts in that field and who are able to develop that. And this is the role that I play in my organization, Suresh. At the same time also, uh, the reverse way, taking whatever is developed in the lab to people and to health stakeholders in the industry, health industry, so that they could understand the application of it. So this is my uh, you know, typical role or role of or individuals like me in this field. Now, uh, uh, the every day is unique, every day is exciting, because every day there is a new learning, every day we have a challenge of taking uh, these new things to people and meeting new people every time and explaining them what is the role. So uh, it's, a, it's a very exciting journey every day, but I'll let you know what my experience is, what my motivation is like. Failures are bound to happen when you embark upon a journey which is new, the path which is new, but then you are motivated or you are guided by a couple of things. One is your will or desire to do something new. The second most important is a strong support from your team and your partners. And I'm blessed that way that my team is wonderful and uh, the promoters of the organization, the founding team of the organization, they are in fact more supportive and they are more enterprising and they are the ones who are always on the edge when it comes to you know, bringing new things in the country. So I think that's a major support in terms of professional field that uh, comes from. At the same time, uh, an individual working in an area like this, which is new and application, I think we, we need a lot of support even from family and friends because uh, there is no limit to the time that you have to spend in terms of, uh, you know, in the field or in, in this professional world. So your family has to be quite accommodating. Your friends need to be considerate so that they could lend you for such activities to others. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I will consider myself highly blessed so that I get an opportunity to, you know, uh, derive such support from all my team as well as my family friends. And of course, uh, since I have been in the field of academics for quite some time, Suraj, 
I must say that every time I do something new, I am very happy to share it with all my students who have I've been connected with. And it is even you know a simple hi or nice or congratulations from my past students is something that I enjoy a lot. So students like you, they always keep me motivated. Okay, and that's why I think I am blessed that way. And definitely, uh, doctor. And uh, I know that uh, you've spent a few years imparting your knowledge to youngsters like me, and you've indeed been an inspiration to many young students. Looking back on your journey now, uh, what would your message be to all the new and upcoming researchers in this field? Okay, so the the message that I would always have is that uh, all those who have let's say taken the field of biotechnology or genomics or research. you all have take, uh, chosen it because there was some reason and uh, let whatever happen in your life i will always say that never give up stick to your dreams okay there would be challenges and challenges are going to be a part in uh, are going to be there in every field so it's not that change of field is always option if there is a challenge facing the challenge is going to always be the uh, right way out uh, in difficult situations so my only suggestion would be that do whatever you love because when you love what you are doing you are, you have the ability and you have the will power to take it uh, to the end in the most successful way this is something i have been suggesting since last several years to all the youngsters i meet and i always say that you you enjoy doing something please continue to do that don't change your path just because you feel that that's not working some day it is definitely going to work and every day while you struggle on that you start deriving valuable experience which no one else would have derived so this is my quick uh, suggestion to all the youngsters that is really amazing uh, dr amul uh, thanks a lot uh, for taking us through your story Uh, i must say you have been a source of guidance for several youngsters like me and i'm sure you will continue to be so in the years to come um i wish you all the success in efforts in making the world a better place to live in thank you for your time certainly thank you suraj it was a wonderful time chatting with you and i once again wish you good luck for this new venture of yours and my best wishes to you and the audience who is uh, listening to the program thank you good luck Thank you.